All right, nowhere did the light shine brighter than Los Angeles this past weekend for the All-Star game. Unfortunately for the NBA stars to shine, all the NBA All-Stars from the entire league had to come to Los Angeles because not a single LA team had one to showcase this past weekend. But nonetheless, overall, it was a fun weekend um, of All-Star festivities. What do you say? What do you say about it, Sean? Um, I thought it was really good. All the events were pretty interesting. They brought a lot of pizzazz to it. And uh, we're going to cover all of that and more here on the Second Stringers NBA podcast. You got Alan over there. You got Sean with you. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm pretty disappointed in the L.A. teams, man. 22 years without having or having an all star in the all star game. And this is the first year they didn't have one. Yeah. First time in 22 years that neither of the L.A. team featured an all star. But I mean, let's let's be a little bit honest here. I guess if we had to, it was pretty much um, the last time was since the the start of the Kobe era, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, right. 22 years ago, that would have been the year before Shaq signed with the Lakers. So a majority of those years were probably <laughs> taken up by a Laker all star. Sorry to yeah, with the and low, like even low blow there, Sean. No, no, but I mean the Clippers <laughs> the last few years. I mean, like after That's Kobe true. left, like you had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. But um, I, we'll, we'll get a little more into who I think should have been in the All Star game yeah. in a little bit. But let, let's go uh, chronologically. I guess we can start with the celebrity All Star game, uh, which I didn't really watch. Didn't even bother trying to watch. Did you? Yeah. Um. See, I always, I feel like I've always gotten hyped for this game. I don't, I don't know why. It's just the names, just the idea of seeing like Quavo and Justin Bieber play one-on-one <laughs> basketball. I just have this idea of like one of the celebrities just like posting up another celebrity and then just throwing a cheap elbow and doing a spin move <laughs> right to the basket. There you but go. But it never ends up, it never ends up playing that way. Honestly, like. Um, I usually just watch the first quarter, and then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm not. I can't believe they're actually gonna have four quarters of this. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's like it's just, just like, normal dudes. <laughs> they're not actually good at basketball. They just play like pickup, like you or me. Yeah, exactly. And it brings to light why they don't nationally broadcast, you know, your neighborhood pickup game, or like just how awful <laughs> it would look if it was broadcast NBA style on national TV. It right. uh, even yeah, I was watching it. I'm like, God. Thank God nobody, none of my games were ever nationally broadcast. That would be horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's like the concept sounds cool. They're like, oh, cool, celebrities playing basketball. They're like, oh, these guys are just bad at basketball. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I, I guess Quavo did pretty well from yeah, what I he heard. Played good. Yeah, Yeah, he had some moves. He drove to the basket pretty well a couple times. He put some dribble moves on people. Uh, there were some surprises there. I'd say um, Quavo was a surprise. Um Oh, I'm forgetting his name. Andres, he beat Usain Bolt in the world championships for the 100 meters. Oh. He ended up getting the bronze or the silver medal. I think it was the year Justin Gatlin won it not that long ago. But huh. basically, he's a Canadian. He's a 100-meter runner for USC. Uh, oh. He was pretty good. He used his speed well. Um, He's athletic. No, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, the, but on the other end of that... Somebody that had no business being in there was the uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Flea. Uh, Flea is his name? Oh, Flea, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Flea. Probably. Well, dudes, the dude's like 50 years old. We're not good with old. classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, dudes was like, the dude was like 50 years old. He was out there just uh, struggling to stay in front of anybody. That's just cruel, man. Yeah, it's kind of cool that they mixed these bag of people because I don't even want to say athletes because... I mean, Flea is not doesn't look like a dude who's an athlete. <laughs> I heard there was but, a lot uh, of buzz around uh, Kevin Durant's girl, uh, Rachel Demita. Oh, I Rachel her name Demita. Is. Oh, yeah. yeah, she was. Um, um she started off kind of slow, and then towards the end, uh, she had some shots. You know, she made some good shots. Nothing impressive. No highlight reels for sure, but uh, she definitely looked like one of the the few people out there that was actually trying to win the game on her side or obviously her team ended up losing the Rachel Nichols team very classy sticking to the basketball skills and we'll go straight to the skills challenge Um, Spencer Dinwiddie defeating Laurie Markinen to take that title Uh, a lot of people were talking about how oh good the guards finally got a win over the forwards because they're supposed to be the ones that handle the ball Um, yeah you were yeah your man 
your man Spencer uh, taking home a nice little all-star trophy there. What do you think of that? Yeah. Oh, I think he's had a hell of a year. Um, his He's had one heck of a season for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I can't say really too much since the Brooklyn Nets are still not in playoff position. They're far from not that. Even but close. at the same time, <laughs> they're also not – they're a little bit further away from – Joining the tankathon that we'll talk about later on this uh, season, the, the group of teams in that race, <laughs> like he's helped the Nets uh, stay away from that race, uh, despite them losing D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dwindle, Dwindle, whatever, what's his last name? Dwindle, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. He's been solid, and what a way to cap off this career year for him. Then with a a skills challenge win. Um, nobody's going to remember yeah. it years from now, but it'll <laughs> stay with him. Yeah, the skills challenge is just another one of those things. Uh, it's just, I don't know, an extra festivity, I guess, trying to supplement the, the main three, which is the dunk contest, three-point contest, an actual All-Star game. Uh, yeah, but I think it's you, good that, I mean, oh, what was, was that? Gonna, do you remember any skills challenge winner? I think the last one I can remember is like Chris Paul or, or maybe Dwayne nah. Wade, which is like no, years I don't really ago. remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never, I never really watch it. Um, and it's never really on like a, a primo spot. It's like right, like right at five o'clock or something. Right. Um, that is, but true. I think it's, it's cool though, that at least it gets to get some guys like Dinwiddie and Lou Williams too, that like wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily make the all-star game because their team isn't, good enough to um, get them to the all-star game. It's cool that they at least get to participate in the weekend in some way, shape or form. Right. They get that exposure. Right. Yeah. Um, But really, let's be honest here. The skills challenge, the celebrity all-star game, that's all really a buildup to, I guess, the trifecta of the events, Mm. which is the dunk contest, the three point contest. um, And of course the all-star game, but let's start with the three point contest here since it was before the dunk one. Devin Booker took the win. Um, I was surprised. I was really surprised, and he did it in record fashion with, uh, what was it, 28 points? Yeah, 28 points, and, yeah, under the new system, yeah, it's definitely a record. Um, I don't think it's a record, like, if you're counting the old formats because I think they have mm. a whole money rack nowadays um, right. just to get the points up, but still super impressive. Um, taking out Tobias Harris, who I didn't even know he was that good of a three-point <laughs> shooter, to be honest with you. And yeah. uh, and Clay Thompson, I mean, who's arguably the third best shooter in the league. Uh, so pretty impressive stuff from from the man from Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, showing up. I mean, just seeing the guys who suited up for this thing. No Steph Curry in there. Uh, no right. guy like Durant. No Kyle Korver. So you would almost think that this was an automatic win for Clay Thompson, but Devin Booker looked like he had something to prove, and he walked mm-hmm. away with the win. Yeah, I mean, if his team can't win actual games, like he's gonna at least win something. Yeah, he uh, brings, he said, this this guy can shoot, was, dude. He's he's yeah. so good. Yeah, he scored seventy points at one point. Uh, <laughs> we all forget that. Yeah, we cannot forget this man scored seventy points last year in a loss. Yeah, well, the the sun, the desert that is uh, Phoenix, Arizona, has won form of a championship and that's a three-point contest win trophy in their front office <laughs> there you go oh and hey we forgot to talk about that rising stars game oh uh, right yeah yeah the, yeah they have it in the usa versus the world format now uh where it's just yeah. foreign players versus usa players regardless of if you're a rookie or a sophomore um did they do that last year was that the first year they did that um i'm not I know they did do it last year. I'm not sure if that was the first year they did it. It might have been, yeah. but honestly, either way, I, I don't. I, I I'm not a fan of it. About this, I yeah. I don't know why. Like, why not do rookie sophomore? Like, what was wrong with that format? Yeah, I agree. I guess they just wanted to do something different with it, since I'm not sure what the numbers look like for it. But I wonder if it is kind of one of the events that's on the lower end in terms of viewership. Yeah, I feel like th- this isn't the right solution because I still definitely was not very invested. Yeah, I didn't really care too much to make time to watch this, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and I never really do any year. I'm trying to think if there was ever a year that I got hyped about it. Yeah. Nah, not so much. I can't so really much. think of one either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of it. It was like in the background while I was like making dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, at one point, it just basically the Philadelphia 76ers versus 
some rookies. Like <laughs> you yeah. got Embiid, Simmons, and Sarich all on the world team. And you're just like, okay, <laughs> like there's not they're not really showing off anything new here. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. That was that was the best thing I got out of it. Yeah. Yeah, even towards the end of the weekend when people, you know, you start scrolling through Twitter or Facebook, you start seeing the highlights from the weekend. Like, there is nothing coming out of the Rising Stars game. No. E- <laughs> not even, even the celebrity game. Yeah, even Quavo got some retweets of some highlights of him in that <laughs> all-star game. <laughs> right, yeah. He, did, he got more love than anyone in that Rising Stars game. Yeah, I don't know. But, hey, why about we go on to the dunk contest yes, here? Yes, let's Mitchell. Uh, some arguably stealing it from Larry Nance Jr. I don't know. Depends what side of the coin you are there, but he took the win there. Yeah, and I mean, I I uh, I, I called this a few weeks ago when we were talking about. It. I was like, Donovan mm. Mitchell is gonna steal this one, and sure enough, he did. And he had some great dunks that were mixed really well with good theatrics. Yeah, and I think and that's I think- what won him it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was the key to his win is the Vince Carter jersey um, and the, the jumping over people. The I mean, just the, the, yeah. the Hart family, the theatrics <laughs> of it all basically did. But, like, I mean, not to take anything from Larry Nance, I mean, it was definitely an epic showing putting on his dad's jersey again and mm-hmm. basically almost mirroring uh, his dad's dunk that he did way back when. Yeah, I would, overall, I would argue that Larry Nance Sr. did it better. Yeah, actually, I was going to say that. Um, yeah, when you do watch the the side-to-side comparison, there's just some more flair that his dad added. Yeah. I don't know if it's the short shorts or if it's <laughs> the old grain in the in the highlight from it, the from the film back then. I don't know what it is. It's those quad muscles, man. Or something. That man's yeah. quad muscles are on a whole nother level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the hair, too, the poofy afro. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that Larry Nance Jr. actually had the best dunk of the night, which was that double throw it onto the backboard and dunk it. Yeah, uh, the double or, tap. Yeah. yeah, the double tap. Yeah, he throws it while he's on the ground, jumps up, catches it, throws it off again quickly, and dunks it in. That that was a really unique one that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I agree. Um, And it's it was such a weird dunk because when he did it, it, it he, it's like he almost knew – that it was going to take a replay to pe- for people or it was going to take a while for people to really understand what it was he right. did because it sort yeah. of was very um, anticlimactic, I guess, when he landed. It, it, it happened nobody, so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cheered or anything. And he just started <laughs> pointing up at the replay. Yeah. And then once people, once that played, then everyone was like, oh. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like very impressive. Uh, but yeah, the theatrics are where. Donovan Mitchell won this contest. So, I mean, good mm-hmm. props to him for having a lot of unique acts for his dunk. Um, yeah. He, he knew I'm he gonna, knew what he had to do. Yeah. I'm going to say something controversial about this dunk contest. Uh-huh. Um, I think having Victor Odolipo on the dunk contest was a wasted space. Ooh. See, that's... I agree because he sucked. But... <laughs> yeah. But... I, I did send you a YouTube video today of something he had up his sleeve that he didn't pull out. Yes, which, I did see which it. Which would have been a 50 for sure mm-hmm. if he pulled it off or if he even tried it. I don't know. I guess he was saving it for if he made the final round. That's probably how these things work. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is you you can't reveal your best cards in the first round. Right. Sometimes you kind of get put in a situation where you probably should. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, it's like if that that's like your only move, like you have to just bust it out, you know. Like give us a show. Yeah, I, th- I would have wished that he would have gone for that on that final attempt when he had the Black Panther mask on. When yeah, he moved, oh like, man, if he could do that with a mask on, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, or like he probably should have just taken it off if he felt like it was maybe hindering him. But at that point, I think he already knew in his mind that he wasn't gonna make it very far. Uh-huh. Once he had already attempted, he already did his first attempt and he missed yeah. and the second attempt missed. He should have just gone for it. Yeah. I give the crowd a show. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if you guys don't know what dunk we're talking about, I'll post a link to that uh, in the show description. So you guys can see this sweet dunk. Yeah. The back pocket dunk, man. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. No, nah, he will. He wasn't too bad. Or what were your? What's your opinion on his dunks? 
Uh, so honestly, I didn't even see his dunks. Yeah. Is the first round. I came in for the second round. Um, so you're gonna have to give me your take on it. Yeah, it was um, it was all right. I was actually thinking he was gonna win it. I had him as my pick. I thought it was gonna come down to him and Larry Nance. Oh, I, I wasn't giving too much credit to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, obviously, he proved me wrong. <laughs> but I was expecting a little bit more from Dennis Smith. I thought he was gonna bring out Dirk, or um. Just something. Mark Cuban or something. <laughs> Mark Cuban, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, never really came. Nothing really came about it. It was okay. I mean, they had yeah. some flair for sure, but not obviously nothing that stood out, and that's why he was a first round elimination. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too bad. But hey, he's a rookie. He's super talented. Not as talented as Donovan Mitchell, apparently. But yeah. hey, still, the fact that he could participate in it at all, um, he's gonna be something special. Yeah. So overall, I mean, this is the question that people always ask or I mean, every every NBA fan who's been watching it for a long time. have Some say that the dunk contest is over or it's overrated or overhyped by now. <laughs> but overall, what do you what do you think after watching this this year's is the dunk contest back or has did it ever did it ever even leave in your opinion? Um, I think it I think it did leave for a little bit for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is almost back i will say yeah it's it's getting there um donovan mitchell really did his part to bring it back uh the theatrics are great um like you said though if if Oladipo had somehow done something cool like if all four tar- participants put up a good fight i think this would have brought it even farther back but it's almost there Hmm. yeah I, I agree with you there i think like the last I guess the last cool dunk contest that I saw was probably back when Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard were going at it. <laughs> and ever since yeah. then, I mean, Blake Griffin's dunk contest. Oh, yeah, that was. Over the Kia. Yeah, that was like the height of it. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then it kind of just did fall off from there. Um, But yeah, I'm not quick to say to slam on the table and say the dunk contest is back. I think yeah. it's still missing a little bit more, more theatrics and. Um, really more star power. I would like to see some a more mixture of of rookies like Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr. guys that are jumping um, out the rookie class, but also just a star in there. Yeah, uh, like let LeBron like, James like, do it. <laughs> yeah, why can't we get LeBron James or Durant? Or Giannis, guys Giannis would out? be an amazing dunk contest. Yeah, Giannis. Yeah, the day that that finally comes happens again. Then I'm ready to say, and they actually put on a good performance. Like they don't go right. out there and just lollygag it and just el- get eliminated in the first round. Like that'll <laughs> be the moment that I finally say, okay, the dunk contest is back. Yeah, they should do fan voting for it. Yeah, fan voting for the dunk contest. I th- I think that would be pretty cool. Like you wouldn't just see yeah. like, oh, everyone's gonna pick LeBron. Like there'd be people that are like, oh, I want to see the guys that are like the most athletic, like Giannis. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, could you imagine you had Giannis versus like Joel Embiid in this oh, contest? Or Embiid would not be good. <laughs> I don't think he would be picked. He's he's like athletic, but not in like a like a verticality, you know, like yeah. quick movement type of thing. Um, I guess so. Yeah. It, I think it would just it would just be fun the the back and forth. Yeah. No. No. The theatrics would be great for sure. Yeah. But uh, moving on from there, let's go to the All Star Game. For years, this game has been lacking theatrics or <laughs> living up to the hype as you and can defense. as most say is <laughs> yeah and defense for sure but Le- team lebron ends up beating out team steph 148 to 145 um and overall i'd say this was one of the the more entertaining all-star games in like the last four years that i've seen but not i wouldn't go as far as to say is the most entertaining all-star game that i've seen and i've been watching all-star games since like what two thousand probably like 2002 yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the the new format definitely helped everything along. Um, you saw the guys having a little more fun, uh, and it got yeah. really competitive in the last half of the fourth quarter, especially right. from Team LeBron. I think mm-hmm. Team Steph just wanted to stop trying, but Team LeBron wouldn't let them because they're just yeah. clawing their way back in. 
LeBron was fired up. They were yelling at the refs in the last two minutes to look at a, a replay review. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. I, that must be the first time that's ever happened in any NBA <laughs> All Star game. Like that, they're yeah, fired up, true. and it, yeah, it made me like get into it. Also, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean the game was essentially won on on a defensive play from LeBron and Durant, just yeah trapping Curry out in that out on on that right side wing and not letting him even get a shot off. Right. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the ultimate irony of the, everything. It was like the All Star game was won on a defensive play and everyone was freaking out about it. And yeah, it was like the best defense I've ever seen in like. A regular season game or an all-star game like <laughs> that was ridiculous they didn't even get a shot off yeah yeah it, it was kind of i don't yeah like now that i'm thinking like i think it's been when you watch the game 75 or maybe even like 85 percent of it was just kind of just going back and forth and shooting but then that final small uh slice of slice of the game things got like the whistle was blowing people were starting <laughs> to get in, into each other's face a little bit yeah, and I gotta admit, man, LeBron made some really impressive plays. He did uh, to get yeah. that to steal that game. I mean, that three that he, that he shot. Uh, he he was and he was playing it smart. I mean, he was calling plays. He was uh, purposely going, trying to trying to get the ball into the hands of whoever Joel Embiid was guarding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and he was he basically paid attention that game, and and I guess he decided that Joel Embiid was the guy that they had the best chance of attacking if they wanted to right. walk away with a win. Yeah, because they, yeah, they went with that lineup where Kevin Durant was basically the center. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he got the ball to Paul George. He he didn't uh, convert. But then on the other end, he took on Joel Embiid himself and converted. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive. I was impressed with LeBron James's competitiveness in this game. Yeah, definitely deserved that All-Star Game MVP. Almost got a triple-double in the process. Yeah, <laughs> it's that pretty crazy. Is crazy. Yeah, I mean Russell Westbrook also almost got a triple double, but his was much less impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, but Jimmy Butler is the big story here. He <laughs> sits out the entire game, the entire game. He doesn't play one second. He doesn't even come in. He gets his introduction from <laughs> Kevin Hart, and then he goes and sits on the bench. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I. I got to say, I mean, I'm not sure whether this is an actual strategic basketball move or is this is a big middle finger to the NBA to the um, or to the fans themselves or what I kind of think. And it's a little less, well, I guess, a little bit more innocent than any of those is I just think he was maybe a little hungover <laughs> and just <laughs> tired from all those L.A. parties that all these guys probably get invited to. Because, I mean, let's horrible. be honest, at the All-Star weekend, you got brands, you got uh publications everybody comes out everybody that's involved with the nba comes out to the city and they want nba stars at their party so i wouldn't be surprised if jimmy butler was out there till the late night my man lou williams (laughs) my man lou williams yeah who's next up who's next up in the western conference if jimmy butler says i can't play (laughs) who's next up lou Probably Lou Williams, I guess. You're right. (laughs) So, yeah. So, the tweet, right? Yeah. Yeah, the tweet. He tweets at at Jimmy Butler. You serious, bruh? LOL. (laughs) And you know what? I think he was going easy on him. Yeah. This is so... This is so disrespectful. It's so... It's so gross to me. So, you... Okay, you want to go party in LA? Sure. You know what? You you can do that sitting out the All Star Game too. Demarcus Cousins, John Wall, they were all there. They got to go travel to go to the All Star Game. They didn't play. They just got to sit front seats of the bench. <laughs> so you're saying Jimmy Butler should have faked an injury to still get the opportunity to go to LA party? No, you're not to fake anything. You just say he was sick. He, like you can say you're sick the day before. Like I'm sick. I don't want to play the All Star Game. And play off like, I don't want my team to suffer for this. I want to get healthy before the next next string of games, before the playoffs. And you're like, okay, that's reasonable. Okay, Lou Williams, hey, just guess what? You can play in the All-Star game now. You don't need to prep anything because it's just the All-Star game. 
<laughs> but then he's going to be playing with a jersey that says Butler in the back. I don't care. Anthony Davis played with a jersey that said DeMarcus Cousins. You don't see him complaining about it. He did it purposely. Yeah. That's you think Lou true. Williams would care? Say that. Lou Williams would not care what jersey he was wearing. He wanted that so <laughs> badly, and Jimmy Butler took he, that from him. Oh Yeah, so in the tweet, he added that LOL at the end of it. So I'm thinking Lou Williams is maybe – not as quite as offended or disrespected as you feel right now, I, Sean. But <laughs> hey, this street, this LA team streak we talked about at the beginning, man, all broken because mm-hmm. of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that is true. When you bring that up, kind of sucks. We could have seen an one LA, star. one LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does gives me give me a different perspective. There on you it. go. Yeah, now you're coming along. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess I could see that. But nonetheless, I still think it's funny that Jimmy Fuller <laughs> just sat out the whole thing, potentially because he was hungover. I'm, just like. I'm inclined to completely <laughs> agree with you. Like, that has to be the reason. Yeah. I I mean, it just seems kind of silly for anything else. Like, if he wanted to rest, then why wouldn't he just ex- have expressed that right from the start? Yeah. It's so easy to say, I'm not going to play. You can give my spot to somebody else. So easy. Yeah, It would have been. But is oh, is man. is the introduction from Kevin Hart at the beginning? Which was, that was a whole stupid thing. Another thing, by the way. Yeah, that whole yeah. staged skit thing was so corny and uh, cringy. Yes, it was. I'm like, it was, <laughs> it was too much. It felt overstretched. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I do they ever really introduce the reserves? Other, at least not like not a big intro. I feel like before we no. you just give you just say the names. And the big intro was for the for the starters. starters. Yeah, yeah, it was. I guess they just felt like they had to step it up a notch, and boy, were they wrong. Yeah, there is such a thing as trying way too hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's they a real thing. Compl- yeah, it is. It totally is. <laughs> it's like they were trying way too hard, and it really showed. And yeah, Jimmy Butler, if that if that's what you wanted, if you want Kevin Hart to just say your name, uh, that's there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say, man, I like Kevin Hart, but uh, there is a, I've realized that there is such a thing as too much Kevin Hart. And <laughs> he's all show. over the place, man. Yeah. This guy's everywhere. All... Yeah, and I like, agree with that. I like Kevin Hart, too. Just I saw Jumanji like a few months ago, and that was really funny. He's really good in that. Um, and he also has that yeah. YouTube series, Cold as Balls. That's kind of funny. <laughs> So he is literally everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, there is a little too much Kevin Hart sometimes. And then the NBA needs to just take it down a little bit (laughs) in terms of Kevin Hart and maybe just go back to just introducing the starters and having them walk the runway and dance kind of like Shaq did that was seven years ago. Yeah, when he was on the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, none of the players really did anything like theatrical during this whole grand scheme like they should have really done something you know to like show some personality they just kind of stood up there and then walked down the aisle yeah that's what i think was a little disappointing i mean that's what the nba has over a lot of these other leagues is that basketball just just the nature of the game because you only have five guys out there and really it is pretty it's really apparent when one person just is so much better than everybody else, and they control the flow of the game. So it creates stars. It creates these yeah. characters for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really failed to play on that by having <laughs> too much Kevin yes. Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart, yeah, like, basically took over all of their, like, screen time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they just have to sit there and wait for him to, like, do his whole introduction. Yeah, exactly. Well, if there's one thing that Kevin Hart's humor also wouldn't have been able to fix... It would have been the scandals coming out of the Mavericks front office, Ugh. man. What a, what a change of, um, emotion and pace for our podcast when we go yeah, right man, into this. We did not Pretty plan that tra- transition very well, but, <laughs> um, yeah. For those of you that haven't heard, uh, Sports Illustrated just posted an article, uh, basically, um, saying that former CEO and president of the Mavericks, Terdima Urasi, uh, was accused of misconduct uh, during his time with the Mavs, including. Uh, sexually suggestive comments towards female employees, uh, inappropriate behavior amongst multiple people within the Mavericks front office, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just terrible. Um, I don't even... Yeah. I mean, it's like, this day and age, it's like, yeah, of course it's like that, you know? Like, all these things are starting to come out where 
these corporate structures from from the 90s and 80s have really become victim of a lot of uh, sexual like misbehavior and it's it's just really sad to see that this has been going on yeah. behind everyone's backs the whole time yeah especially it sucks to see that it happened for the NBA I mean the NBA has I feel for the most part has tried really hard to put itself as a progressive league um, and to have things like this happen to it it's it's a blow to the league it's a it sucks to be a fan and hear things like this I'm sure it sucks for the players as well um, it just puts such a bad light on everybody fans players employees uh, everybody really um, especially like an organization like the Mavericks who for a greater part of the 2000s were I held as one of the the example franchises i mean they they had dirk one of the top players in the nba um always were in playoff picture won the championship in 2011 um and for the most part i mean they had an owner like mark cuban who seemed like the type of guy who wanted to do things the right way or was very passionate about his team and the way his team was ran and then this comes out and um i mean it just puts him in a bad light for sure yeah, it does. And I mean, but luckily for him, it seems like he's uh, pretty removed from this situation. Um, he wasn't one of the people that um, was really uh, doing any of this uh, sexual harassment. Um, mm -hmm. And he claims to have been completely unaware of the situation even uh, that was going on right under his nose. Um, yeah. So it it's tough to believe that. And I, it is. Yeah. Mark Cuban seems like a cool guy. But it's tough to believe that like you own this team and you're not you're really unaware of the culture that's been built up in the front and the off, basically in the front office, because this is all happening outside of basketball operations, if you will. This happens within the human resources, sales team, marketing teams, everybody else outside of basketball. Um, so it seems a little unbelievable to me that he wouldn't know mm -hmm. about this. Right. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of it stems from a. Uh I think they had a bad HR department uh, from what mm -hmm. I read from the article. Um, the, the female employees would come to HR and report these things and the HR department wouldn't really do anything about it. So it put them in a position yeah. where they just had to like not say anything and like let this happen or just quit, uh, which is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's just horrible news and you wouldn't, yeah, that's, it seems crazy. Like this is the type of stuff you see happening in other industries and you wouldn't think it happened in the NBA. Like I said, cause the NBA seems to have really made a hard attempt to put itself as, as a progressive league, as a league that, that sort of likes to look forward and, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess, you know, just kind of, kind of cheer on it's, it's, um, it's way of championing on terms of like social issues and things like yeah. that. I think that's all like very recent stuff. I mean, this a lot of this has stemmed from like what 20, 30 years ago, I want to say. Yeah. So, like that's where it all started. I I think everything's really starting to turn a corner. I mean, as far as any like social justice, I mean, this the mm -hmm. the Me Too uh campaign that's yeah. been going on, I think. Yeah, once Mark Cuban uh caught wind of the Me Too campaign, he even went up to uh like his other executives and like the HR department and asked like, Hey, do we have any problems with this? And they reported like, no, we don't have any problems with this. And then this comes out later. So it's like, man, it's just so much corruption. Um, yeah. So much shady stuff happening. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's terrible. Well, yeah, let's see. We'll see how this unfolds for Mark Cuban and how the NBA comes down on this. If they do, or they kind of just let this be handled internally by the Mavs. Right. Um, yeah. How do you how do you group? punish something like this that like goes so high into like the like who like runs the organization? Like, do you just find them? Do you like have to fire everybody and rehire new people? Like, how do you see this going down? I mean, that's a that's a very that's a complex question because I mean we did see what happened when somebody I guess push the boundaries as an owner or like company culture. And I guess that was like Donald Sterling. Obviously mm, yeah. went down with him on um, the NBA essentially forced him to sell. And I mean, Mark Cuban is quite the character for the NBA. It'd be crazy to see them force him to sell this team. And I don't think if, if they did that, I don't see him being as a guy that would go 
go down without a fight. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's one of the most yeah. powerful men in the NBA. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not really sure. I followed the NBA. I think I'd go down with some heavy fines and then see what happens in terms of like lawsuits that are filed and and just see how this unfolds over time. And I think the punishments will come with that. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully they can all get to the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so on the other side of NBA news, the Hornets have fired their general manager. Some would say it's a long time coming. I'm not surprised <laughs> by, by this news, honestly. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Sean? Uh, yeah. Rich Cho, he'd, uh, he'd been the GM since 2011 and you know he'd honestly he got off to a good start uh, with his first yeah. draft pick being Kemba Walker, and that's a great way right. to start off your your uh, general manager career. Um, then follows it up with Michael Kidd Gilchrist, never really panned out. Uh, Cody Zeller, no one cares about him. Noah Vonley, <laughs> I don't know if he even plays anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Frank Kaminsky, eh, well. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. There you go. And then, I mean, Malik Monk, who seemed like a good pick, but uh, his defense never really afforded him the chance to play any significant minutes this year. Um, so, yeah, you're looking yeah. at like five duds in a row after picking Kemba. And Michael Jordan just figured, hey, it's about time we really bring in some fresh blood and look at this from a new angle. Um, yeah. yeah, you're not bringing any I'm- talent. Yeah, I mean, outside of the draft picks, you also got the Nick that Nicholas Batum contract. Yeah, and that's right. Even the extension he did, he ended up giving Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I those aren't really good moves, in my opinion. I guess yeah. making the trade for Dwight Howard didn't end up being all that yeah, bad. Dwight Howard's good. Yeah, he, he's he's doing well. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely put this team in a position, kind of like the well, not like the Pelicans, but. In a way, except they don't have a star and all a top <laughs> ten player like Anthony Davis on their team. Right, they're a team that's essentially just uh, dug themselves into a huge hole with salary, um, lack of picks, and they're an expensive roster for the position that they have in this seating. They're a team looking outside and outside of the playoff picture, despite having the expensive roster that they do. <laughs> right, yeah, and, and it's not not, not one they're going to uh, get off the books anytime soon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like you said, with that Nick Batum five-year deal. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, potentials that the Hornets are looking to uh, replace him with. We got Mitch Kupchak, former Mm -hmm. Lakers GM, uh, was able to turn Kwame Brown into Pau Gasol. So maybe they'd want to work on some of that magic with him. Um, And then uh, Buzz Peterson, who is uh, Michael Jordan's college teammate. Hmm. I hope Michael Jordan doesn't hire him. Not because I have something against this guy, <laughs> but oh, I could see him hiring him. I think I think it's clear who Michael Jordan should go with. It's Mitch Kupchak here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's experienced. He's made some good trades. He's made some bad moves as well. <laughs> Steve but I Nash, mean, Dwight Steve Howard, <laughs> Mozgov. Mozgov. I, I mean, let's not forget, he did. it's true, he did turn Kwame Brown into Pagasol. Um he got Lamar Odom on the under on a valued contract for those couple years that helped the Lakers go back to back. He drafted Andrew Bynum. I mean, he it worked was out good for a when little he bit. was good. Yeah, yeah, it worked out for a little bit. And he did have a trade for Chris Paul on paper. Obviously, there was <laughs> a, a fourth greater than him that came and <laughs> uh, took that down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I, I love for Mitch Kupchik. I. He he's a good he's a good GM. He made some mistakes, like I said, but nonetheless, he's experienced, and I think he would be a great hire for this. Okay, but think about this though. What sound do hornets make? What was that? What sound do hornets make? <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> buzz, there. buzz, buzz, <laughs> buzz city. It makes so much sense. And, I mean, who is this guy? Uh, well, uh, I guess Michael Jordan hired him on as an assistant general manager mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. Uh, obviously, his college teammate. And, yeah. you know, if if I've learned anything from the sports world, connections get you anywhere. That's true. That is true. However, I do think there is something to be said when somebody more qualified and experienced is also vouching for this job. 
I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Like qualifications yeah. should come first, but it usually doesn't because friendships are stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just think that Michael Jordan has made way too many um, bad moves with this franchise up to this point. And for once, I don't think he should take a, a he should make a risky move by hiring this guy. I think he should make the more grounded level move, which would be to hire a Mitch Kupchak, or I guess not grounded, but safer move and hire Mitch Kupchak. But that's just, that's, that's my opinion. Well, I mean, look at it this way. You could either have me on this podcast or Stephen A. Smith could have been your partner. He's obviously more oh, qualified well, if, than me. <laughs> oh, well, well, the difference there was if, if Stephen A. Smith came vouching for it, I, I, I'm sorry, Sean. I think I would have to give it a try. At oh, least. man. Really? <laughs> uh, dude, we're friends. No, I, I will go. I will go ahead with you. But the difference here between me and Michael Jordan, though, is Michael Jordan has owned this team now for pretty much a decade up to this point. And this team has only qualified for the playoffs, what, twice, once? I don't and even know. It doesn't I matter. Think, <laughs> yeah, there were, yeah, there were a couple moments where Michael Jordan took a try to make a home run hire a home run pick here and there and things just didn't work out and i think for once this could be a crossroads and i think he should go with the safer hire in this situation yeah well we'll have to see how but, that plays out but i still think buzz peterson is gonna get it <laughs> yeah honestly now that i've discussed this i wouldn't be surprised if he did end up yeah, hiring it's him. just like that's yeah look at it it's not, it's not like he's completely unqualified He's obviously played yeah. basketball and knows basketball. So it's not like he's just like Joe Schmo off the street. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can see it definitely leaning towards that way. Yeah. We'll see. Well, here's the news that I asked the question. Does anybody even care? But here it is. Marco Bellinelli <laughs> has signed with the 76ers. Nobody cares. Yeah. We did it. I don't really know. <laughs> it if doesn't this matter. Will I mean, well, I don't. I, this might not even be a difference maker in their playoff race. Honestly, he might get ten minutes here and there, or maybe I guess there's a small percentage chance that he does become a big player in the rotation, um, and carries the 76 to the six seed. Ah, I don't yeah, know. I don't either. Yeah, you're trying. I give you credit for that. You're you're trying to you give him <laughs> something, but I don't think he's nothing. I don't think he's anything. I think what is more that we should care more about is Joe Johnson signing with the Rockets. Yeah. Yes. I definitely agree there. Yeah. That's that, a big one. Yeah. You get another, um, basically you get another longer player with length, um, who can shoot the three and that's basically what you need. <laughs> right. More of in Houston. Yeah. That's you already all have they Chris do. Ball and James Harden. You got Clint Capella. Just give these dudes some more shooters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not, but he'll fit in perfect. He'll he'll play like 15 minutes, shoot five threes a game, probably make mm-hmm. two or three, and that, that's about all you need from him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, I mean, I guess at points when you have to rest Chris Paul and James Harden, he's not a bad guy to handle the ball for a short span of time during the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's made some, he made some good playoff moves. Or he made some good moves in the playoffs last year against the Clippers in the closing minutes, despite his old age. I mean, I don't know if you remember that. He'd catch the ball and kind of move really slow with it and just kind of put a fadeaway right in the bucket when when the Utah Jazz needed it the most. Right, yeah. Hey, speaking of guys that are moving teams, uh, Dwayne Wade moved teams a few weeks ago, and guess what happened to their jersey sales? (laughs) Freaking skyrocketed. Merch sales up 8,000%. In the two days, Dwayne Wade was a member of the Miami Heat after the trade. Yeah. Absolutely see, insane. This, <laughs> this is the thing that kind of... It's stories like this that kind of upset me a little bit with the idea that there's a salary cap in the NBA. And, well, I understand it. Like, I like there being a salary cap, but there is arguments against it, and this is one of them. Like, Dwayne right. Wade is getting paid the minimum, and the Miami Heat are essentially paying him that as a result mm-hmm. of the trade. But Dwayne Wade is worth so much more than $2 million a year to this franchise. And right. most oh of it is <laughs> and most of it is that is outside of basketball performance, but in the merchandising, in the marketing, <laughs> in the fan hype, 
Like yep. it's the reason why Kobe Bryant got paid so much money. Yeah, it's all merch the sales. Tail end. <laughs> yeah, because he was actually worth that amount. And right. Yeah, the return. Of, yeah. And not because of basketball performance, but because of stuff like this. <laughs> like Right. They're they're doing worse on the basketball floor with him. I don't think yeah. they've won a game since he's gotten there. Yeah, but the Miami Heat franchise is definitely making a lot more than, or they will at least by the end of the season, more than $2 million off Dwayne Wade's return just in ticket sales and merchandise and beer sales and Everything. all that other stuff. Yeah, and all they had to give up was a second-round pick. Yeah, that's all they did. Best oh, best but. business deal ever. Yeah. It was. Essentially, that's what it was. It's not a basketball deal. Dwayne Wade is probably, arguably, maybe not worth $2 million as a bas- in terms of basketball performance, but <laughs> everything else, he's worth a lot oh, more yeah. than that. He might argue, he, I, I would say he has the highest rate of return of any player in the NBA right now. Yeah. Based off I'd of agree. how much he's getting paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially for the Miami Heat, because he wouldn't have done this had he been traded to, like, Oh, you know Memphis, no, or yeah, the Kings, know. or LA. It's just, it's just Miami, you know, because yeah. that's where he played. That's where most of his fans are, mm-hmm. and they love that he's back. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And then, what about the Cavs 2.0? Man, uh, they're going in, going into the home stretch of their season after beating the Celtics and beating OKC on their home court, and the Celtics also on their home court, ruining Paul Pierce's retirement night. Man, are we gonna <laughs> see this winning streak continue or I it's was that? man, I'm so excited to like watch this team. Like uh, before they made these trades, I was so tired of hearing about the Cavs. Like <laughs> all the time, just like shut up, just go play basketball. And I'm like, oh yes, the Cavs are on national TV. This is gonna be so fun to watch. And yeah. I'm not even excited to just even look at the box scores, honestly. Um, yeah, beating the Celtics on their home court, beating OKC on their home court. Like, this is this is real, man. Like, this team's scary. Yeah, they they remind me so much more. Just these two games remind me a little bit of the, the Cavs team when the first year that LeBron got, went, went to back to the Cavs. What was that, 2014? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah like, and then during... Yeah. Anyways, basically that <laughs> team was... I guess you could say it was young. There was a younger Tristan Thompson, a younger J.R. Smith. You got Ma- Matthew Dillardova on that <laughs> team, a younger Kyrie. Mm-hmm. It was just such a hungry team that played with so much energy. And I got right. that. That's that's what I felt like I was seeing uh, the last two games with the Cavaliers. Right. And they also, that team also made a big midway trade with JR, getting J.R. Smith and Iman Shumper. Yeah, um, true. Obviously, that team... That team didn't win the championship at the end of the year due to injuries to Kevin Love and Ice and Kyrie Irving, but they put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, and in the playoffs, the biggest thing here is LeBron needed this so bad. Like you yeah. can just tell, like those two games that they played uh, with those guys and the All Star game, like his competitive fire is back, and that yeah. is dangerous. Whereas before, mm. you were like, oh, he's just gonna like get through the season. Now he's like fired up, ready to go. Super competitive, mm-hmm. hyper competitive, man. Like this is, yeah, this is. We're gonna see his best basketball yet this season. Uh, in these yeah, last, MVP in these last LeBron. few games, yeah, MVP LeBron for sure. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Well, what about Mighty It? Mm, gets twenty two well, <laughs> points in his Laker debut. But man, I gotta say, Mighty It is not looking very mighty to me. Mm. I, I'm gonna say something. Maybe I don't think it's that controversial, but I'll say I think Isaiah Thomas is done. Ooh, I think for good, or just for the season. Not for the season and potentially for good. And Oof. what I mean by that is, I think he'll still get an NBA contract, still play two years. But I got I don't think we're gonna see Isaiah Thomas anymore. The Isaiah Thomas of mm. Boston. Yeah, I mean watching he, these, he struggles so much more. And part of it could be that he's just not in shape, but it just it's pretty apparent to me that he he just he doesn't have the speed, he just doesn't have the lift anymore. And those things are so crucial to his game uh, because of his height. Right, yeah. I mean, he says he felt like he got his powers back, uh, but the Lakers haven't won a game with him in their lineup, so 
Uh, and now Lonzo's going to come back after the All-Star break, so we're going to have to see uh, where he fits yeah. in with his team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And whether or not the Lakers give him... I, I mean, I think, hands down, like I don't think the Lakers are going to give him anything close to a max. No. And the Lakers will give no, him... No, no. Um, we'll give him maybe like a, a $17, 18000000 million one-year contract. And just to tie them over to the not. 2019 free agency, right? And okay, yeah, I, I could I see that. If he'll take that. Yeah, no, he'll yeah. be looking for a max deal for sure. He's he seems pretty set on that. Uh, the Lakers shouldn't give him it though. Like that would be awful for them. I think. Yeah, I agree. But I said it. I think Isaiah Thomas is done. Oh, hot take. But, <laughs> yeah, it's my hot I, take. I there. will. I will hope that you're wrong. Um but all signs are pointing towards you being pretty correct. But, yeah. hey, here's we'll some uh, things to watch for after the All-Star break. Um, we got three on here. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but how good are the Cavs really? Are they as good as they seem to have been, looking like a championship caliber team these two games, or are they? Are we going to see them fall off a little bit uh, being exposed to Tyron Lue? I don't know, man. We'll see. They got one more game against the Toronto Raptors, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, and they got still got a handful of back-to-backs. So, I mean, those two games were very impressive wins, but there is an argument to be made that maybe they were just on an emotional high and once the grind of the season starts back up again. Yeah. Let's see how they perform um, mm-hmm. heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting to see. Like this is the most intriguing team in the NBA for sure. Yeah, all eyes are on them, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then how about Kawhi Leonard who's still not back yet? Um wow. apparently a report came out today that he has been medically cleared and it's kind of just up to him at this point whether or not he can deal with some of the discomfort that he still feels from his injury. But either way, he traveled to New York City um, to meet with another team of doctors for a second opinion here. Um, Greg Popovich, uh, essentially his thoughts were that it's a little late in the season and he doesn't really foresee Kawhi Leonard coming back this year. Man, it's crazy. What, a, what an interesting storyline here. Kawhi yeah, Leonard. You, just, never, you never hear about these guys that go travel for second opinions on if they can't play, you know? They usually yeah. go and they're like, tell me I can play. And Kawhi, it seems like Kawhi's going to be like, tell me I can't play. Tell me I'm not medically cleared. Yeah. It seems very odd. And, I mean, some reports and rumors come out that this has strained his relationship with the Spurs organization. Um, That's interesting. I don't know what to think of that. I yeah. Part of me says that wouldn't really be a bad thing. Because Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is that list of free agents that are coming out in 2019. Uh, you want him, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is a Southern California native. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah, from Riverside, right? Right. Yep. Um, so maybe not a bad thing, but it also would be very, very uncharacteristic for the Spurs organization to be known to have been an organization that kind of deteriorated their relationship with a star player and they actively did not want to be there. Yeah. Especially one that seems to fit perfectly with Greg Popovich. Right. Like this is the mm-hmm. perfect prototype prototypical Greg Popovich superstar player. Yeah. And like this is, this whole thing is so weird, like medically cleared to come back, but like, was he afraid that he's going to get injured again? Like, I don't, I don't know what his, problem is no one knows it's all mystery yeah i think if i had a if i had a guess i think there might be some mistrust within the training staff maybe the medical team of the spurs organization and Kawhi leonard maybe somebody misdiagnosed something or or there's just not there's like maybe there's no trust maybe the medical team just doesn't really believe or understand Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard's injury very well or where he's coming from with it yeah I don't know man but anyways surprisingly though the San Antonio Spurs organization is not in that last playoff spot despite (laughs) missing Kawhi Leonard they're actually still sitting in in a very well comfortable 
well not comfortable but they're still in a top four seating right <clears throat> but but that race for the last playoffs for that last playoff spot in the west will continue nonetheless after the all-star break with the pelicans clippers and the utah jazz you could even put the portland Man. trailblazers and the nuggets you could uh, yeah they're all, all right fighting there. for that spot yeah and the utah jazz just putting themselves back in the picture with an 11 game winning streak including Mm -hmm. a 30-point victory over the Warriors and some other quality victories against other playoff teams as well. Just absurd. Really making that bet between me and Scott real close here at the end. (laughs) So did you bet that the Utah Jazz would make the playoffs? I bet that they would not, and I was looking pretty safe. Yeah. But, man, Donovan Mitchell's it's, just really giving me a hard time. I love the guy, but, man, he's he's making life hard for me. <laughs> yeah, this was interesting. For a while there, it looked like um, the Utah Jazz were completely out of it and that the top eight teams had been solidified as there was like a little buffer or a little gap growing in between the Clippers and what I think were the Nuggets at that point. And yeah. then just out of nowhere, a couple injuries happened. Paul Millsap went down. Uh, Blake Griffin got traded, which <laughs> uh, didn't hasn't hurt the Clippers to this point. But DeMarcus Cousins went down. That the was, Trailblazers yeah. lost a bunch of games. And all of a sudden, and Utah obviously went on this huge streak. All of a sudden, this race is tight, just like kind of what we thought it would be heading into this season, which has yeah. made it fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really cool that it's, it's coming down to these last games, these last weeks. Uh, but the Pelicans are still holding tight at 54% despite losing to Marcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis has just been on an absolute tear. Man, yeah. he, he's something special. Yeah, but the Pelicans, they're holding on. But recently they just got maybe stabbed a little bit here. Because um, I don't know if you remember this, but they actually had a game postponed uh, against the Indiana Pacers yes, earlier this right. year. Yeah. And, the M- and the NBA has finally come out with a rescheduled date for that. And that rescheduled date actually makes it so that the Pelicans between March 20th and March 22nd will play a back-to-back-to-back. Three games in so, a row. Oh, my three gosh. Three games in a row. So what a way to continue to hurt this team's oh, playoff chances. If that's the three rough. games they still have against the San Antonio Spurs in the 14 games against playoff teams wasn't hurting them already. I can totally see them like resting Anthony Davis in that March 21st game, that in-between game. <laughs> Just like yeah. take the night off, bro. Like <laughs> we're going to need you, man. Yeah. That is, that's really rough. But uh, I mean, you got a star like Anthony Davis that beats out anything the Clippers or the Jazz have. They have that mm-hmm. little, little extra edge. Yeah. We'll check this out. The Clippers have 18 games left against playoff teams. The Utah Jazz have 12 games against playoff teams with 14 games at home. The Clippers have them split evenly, 13 at home and 13 on the road. Who do you think takes that eight seed between oh, these man. three guys? Well, the Clippers obviously have the harder schedule. <laughs> 18 yeah. against playoff teams, man. That's hard. We don't have the star power to close games just like we used to. Um, no. But I got to think that Man, I I don't know. I I just I gotta think that it stays put. Like the Pelicans you retain. Think it stays put? Yeah, the Pelicans retain the eighth seed. The the Jazz might even pass the Clippers. Um, it'll be <laughs> really close. Uh, it will definitely be really close to the very end. The eighth seed will probably get it by like one game, maybe two. Yeah, we'll see. I I'm actually a big proponent that the Utah Jazz are gonna come through. And just put together this incredible comeback. I can't believe you can do this with the roster they have. Like Donovan Mitchell. Like you traded away Rodney Hood. who's was one of your primary scorers. I just can't see this being sustainable. It's going, man. Rudy Gobert has been taking care of that that basket. Like nobody gets (laughs) in there. Yeah, Um, he has. Derek Favors has finally found himself. And yeah. is playing like a great basketball player. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, not enough can be said about him. Great rookie. And freaking Ricky I mean, Rubio taken, scoring too. Yeah. Ricky Rubio <laughs> has made a comeback out of nowhere. He's hurt, but I think he'll be back by now at some point. It's pretty soon. I think this team is just set up really well. Uh, I, I, I can see it. I can see them sneaking in there and, and taking that eighth seed for oh the Pelicans gosh. and the Clippers. Yeah. I mean... 
yeah, I, I, I just can't be that optimistic about the Clippers. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> Clippers fans do not are not our best skill is not optimism. We have learned <laughs> that over over many decades. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I I just the Pelicans seem like they have the best shot to do it. I mean, Rajon Rondo's actually been playing pretty decent too. Uh, if he's not mm-hmm. fighting Isaiah Thomas, he's getting triple doubles. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, we'll see how that goes. But on the other side, there's another race going on. It's called the the Tankathon. Bum, bar, the race bum, to bum. the race to tank. The race to be terrible and all and be the garbage of the NBA. Why? So that <laughs> out of the garbage you come out with a diamond, a diamond that'll lead your franchise into the future. But this year, more than anything, it seems like we got a full list of contestants. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, I, there's a I lot hate, here. I hate tanking, but I love that you called it a tankathon. <laughs> <laughs> it's making it so much fun. It's like, who's yeah, this is basically what what it is. I mean, there's no hiding it. The Suns may try <laughs> to say that they're hiding the fact that they want to tank. I mean, the Chicago Bulls on the other end have made it plainly obvious that this is what they're doing. <laughs> you, you're an all-star for this. You, you got some clutch things here. Nine games for the Bulls against fellow tankers. That's right. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. So before we go into that, let's... So the contestants we have for the tankathon is the Chicago Bulls, the Kings, the Magic, the Hawks, the Suns, and the Dallas Mavericks. So basically what I think is going to come down to, so who wins this tankathon is who's got the most <laughs> games left against their fellow tankers because <laughs> what easier way to tank than to lose against somebody you're competing in loss against. And the sense. Chicago Bulls are number one. They got nine games <laughs> against their fellow tankers. Oh man. Left. They have the inside track. But, hey, I yeah. mean, you have the Sacramento Kings with eight games against fellow tankers and the Mavericks with eight games against fellow tankers. So not too far behind. Yeah, but the Chicago Bulls got a secret weapon, and that's Cameron Payne. Oh, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> he's like the LeBron James of tankers. They're bringing out all the stops. Yeah, bring out bringing out the pain, back, the pain yeah, train. They're bringing, <laughs> they're bringing Cameron Payne back into the rotation, and they've named David Nwaba as a starter. No way. David is yeah, that for he's real? Back as a starter. Yes. That's what they said. Oh, I'm so happy right now. That's so great. <laughs> he's gonna get so much playing time. Yeah. Fortunately for him, it doesn't result. Oh, unfortunately for him, and fortunately for the Chicago Bulls, it doesn't. It's not gonna result in a lot of wins. That's but, okay. Uh, he just needs to get. He just needs to get himself a good contract for next year. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. What I thought was funny was the Phoenix Suns GM, like he was asked is whether or not the Suns were going to tank because, I mean, at this point, the Suns fans want this team to tank. I mean, why would you not want the team to tank? <laughs> yeah, what are you playing for anymore? Yeah. Yeah, but the GM says that they have no plans to do basically what they called last year strategic re- resting like they did last year. I respect that. Strategic resting, which is what they yeah. did with Eric Bledsoe and Tyson right. Chandler. <laughs> yeah, I I'm glad that they're not doing that. Like you, the art of tanking should be that you never say you're tanking, <laughs> even when you're tanking. Yeah. Um. You just so kinda... and it's like the Suns don't need to rest anybody to tank. They're perfectly fine losing games with their full force of a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you got the three point champ on that squad, <laughs> right? And apparently re revived reborn Alfred Payton who's got something to prove that he's worth more than a second round draft pick that he was traded yeah. for. <laughs> I'm going to like, I got to remember that story and see if we ever hear of anything like that ever again. A top 10 draft pick swapped for nothing more than a second round <laughs> right. pick from some random year in the future. Right. Yeah. They don't even care. And he's just yeah. playing with he's playing with some rage right now. I think he's got chip on his shoulder, which is good. I I, I mean, if he cuts his hair and he starts playing well, I'll I'll be a fan of his. Yeah. So I kind of have my votes in. I well, my votes, my opinion in, and I think the Chicago Bulls are going to come out as the winner in this. Oh yeah. I, essentially, what they're going to come out as being seen as the worst team in the NBA, but that doesn't mean they're going to get the first pick. They were so but, close to turning it around too. Like when yeah. Nikola Mirotic came back, they were on a winning streak. 
they're slowly climbing up the east and now they traded him away and everything's falling apart again yeah i'm not sure do you have any opposing opinion of this do you see the kings uh so i mean if we're going by people that are committing the hardest to the tank (laughs) i'm going with the dallas mavericks who i mean with this thing mark cuban was actually (laughs) on top of all the horrible stuff that's going on his organization was fined six hundred thousand dollars for his comments on Dr. J's podcast about how tanking is the right thing for the Mavericks this season. And I believe that is a direct quote yeah. <laughs> or at least a paraphrase. Yeah. It, it was, he said something very close to that, but God find a butt ton of money. That's a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> so much. I mean, I just, I mean, Mark Cuban, I got to say he's a non, in this case, he's being, he's being honest. What do the Dallas Mavericks have to play for this season right i would think if i were them too <laughs> yeah he's just being truthful but sometimes telling the truth gets you fined six hundred thousand dollars yeah it gets you more find more money than the average american will ever make <laughs> right um on a yearly basis yep where's the lesson here man you just <laughs> lie when you have to is that is that the lesson we're learning from this <laughs> i guess so i don't know oh, so um, but yeah how about a final thought here adam silver uh, announces a potential 1 through 16 playoff format, or he did announce it, but he did comment on it on there potentially being a 1 through 16 playoff format in the NBA. Basically, what that would mean is you take the top eight Western Conference, top eight Eastern Conference teams, and then you mix them up in a bunch and you seed them on a 1 through 16 mm-hmm. playoff format. The oh. idea being that you get the top two NBA teams playing in the finals, regardless of conference. Um, mm-hmm. Good idea, bad idea. I got to say, it sounds nice, mm. but there is one thing that hurts this, I think, and that's the scheduling. Mm. I mean, if you're the eight seed in the Eastern Conference, are you worth the same as the eight seed coming out of the Western Conference? And in that case, wouldn't the ninth seed in the Western Conference be worth even potentially even more than the eight seed coming out of the Eastern Conference just because the LA Clippers play the Warriors four times? <laughs> Where's the... What? What are we looking at? The ninth seed. The 76ers, 76ers play the Warriors twice. Yeah. And get stuck playing the Hornets four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is strange. I don't know if this really helps. I, I, I totally understand. Like, I like that they're thinking about it. Like, just like mm-hmm. they want to make sure that, like, the 16 teams that go deserve it and they're, like, seated correctly. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, like you said, like the fact that they do play other teams more than others, like you have to kind of keep the conferences within themselves. Yeah. Yeah, to maintain, you got to maintain that competitive balance somehow. And of course, LeBron James opposes it because he's got a free trip to the finals every year so far, (laughs) being in the East. Yeah. That's why I don't buy the news that LeBron James is coming west. Why would he come west when he can just <laughs> take the staircase to the NBA Finals every year? It's more of like an or, escalator. It just it like, yeah, takes him up the escalator. <laughs> yeah, everybody else has got to rock climb up the mountain to the finals with nothing more than just an ice pick. Um, and LeBron James just takes the escalator up there. Yep, exactly. And yeah, I mean, this change require a vote from 20 of the league's 30 owners. 15 of those are in the East. I don't see very many of them being on board with this plan yeah and lebron james might just steal dan gilbert's vote and put <laughs> yeah this. no he i'm sure he's definitely considered the owner in all of these voting sessions <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways thanks everybody for tuning in to the second stringers nba podcast we'll be back next week with another episode thanks for tuning in everybody have a good week <laughs>